welcome to the Hub Crawl, a weekly roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. Well, this week, we want to welcome Disney fan, whose first trip was in the early 70s, wife, mom, and Gammy to three boys, and one of the owners of one of our favorite brands of ears for the park, all enchanting ears, Lori. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. You made me really sound old. I mean, that's, that's, uh, no, you that's put the fine. description in. <laughs> no, it's really great to be here, guys. Well, also joining us this week is Ace. He's a longtime Disneyland addict. First trip, 1966. So, um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say old, but, uh, 1966, three time <laughs> Disneyland resort cast member, attractions host. He raised three, children in the ways of Disneyland and is now teaching the same to two grandsons. It's Ace. Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Ah. Uh, All right. Well, hey, Tag, let's start off with our first question this week from you. I feel like on this podcast, we talk a lot about the parks and stuff. And of course, people love that. But I sometimes want to throw stuff that's not park related because it is all things Disney. With the Disney plus Obi-Wan show having wrapped up, where should Disney take the Star Wars universe next? So this can be a different time frame with different characters or different methods like shows, like TV shows on Disney plus or just TV shows in general versus movies, etc. Lori, what do you think? Well, I thought quite a while on this one and my children won't like my answer, but that's okay. It's my answer. (laughs) Um, I love the original trilogy. I got to see it all in the movie theaters, of course. And after um, episode six, I read every Star Wars book that I could get my hands on. Um, I love that they kept the um, characters and the things that happened to those characters throughout the book, even if they had the different authors of it. I would love to see something come out from those books. Um, as my children tell me, but that's not canon anymore, mom. And I'm like, I really don't care. I like the books. So <laughs> I, that's kind of the time frame that I would like to to see is something like Tag said, you know, something different maybe and, and kind of go from there. So what do you think, Eric? I love that idea. I read those books. So many of those books early on were that lifeline were like, there's nothing out there. There's nothing past these three movies. I want more. I really love that these concepts are out there and it developed into more books, more comics, more video games. All of them had these ideas and I love that, but I want to see something completely new way in the future, way in the past. Um, Taika Waititi's project that's coming up. I love that he's coming in saying, I don't want to do a star Uh, like a a regular star Wars thing. We don't need a a Skywalker thing. Let's do something crazy and different. I love that idea. I don't care what era we're in. Let's get something new. I, I, I love those books, but we've already started to integrate Admiral Thrawn into things. That's cool. I think that's where we're going for, for like our Ahsoka series. Let's do something completely new. Let's break these weird fanboys and their their ideas of, <laughs> about how things are supposed to happen going forward. Let's do something completely wacky and crazy. Go somewhere different. Ace, let's hear what um, you have to say. You know, I'm I had a hard time with this one because I, I enjoy watching the movies. I enjoy watching the shows on Disney Plus. But it's like I 
I, I watch it and then it's over and then it's gone. I don't remember timeline wise what fits in where and you know half the time I gotta ask my wife who the characters are. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I the more I thought about it, it's like bringing it back to Disneyland being the addict that I am. And with Star Tours, I really liked the character of of Rex as the as the pilot. And so I'd like to find out more about Rex. It's like all of a sudden he's not flying the the Star Tours anymore, and he shows up at Olga's um, as as a disc jockey. What you know? What made that transition? You know, I think the the droids can be as much of the characters of the stories as as uh, humans or humanoids. So you know, let's find out what what brought Rex to that spot, or maybe where he started to go prequel even on it, and see how he got to flying in Star Wars or Star Tours. Anyhow, that's what I thought. How about you, Tag? It was funny because you said you wanted to know more about Rex, and I stopped reading at that point because I thought that you meant like Rex, the clone trooper who became kind of this like other character in the in the Clone Wars series and was in um, some of the other shows as well. Uh, so when you started talking about Star Wars, I'm like, oh, that Rex. Okay. That makes it sound totally different. That's an interesting concept. Uh, I think uh, I don't know much about Star Wars beyond basically the movies and the TV shows. Uh, Producer James, he was on this mission uh, about a year and a half ago during COVID times to read all of the canon books in order because he wanted to have like everything. And he was making a pretty good progress through it. He liked the the, um, Tarkin book. Of course, I've listened to the three Admiral Thrawn books. And I love Admiral Thrawn, so I'm very excited for the Ahsoka series that hopefully he'll show up because he is awesome. Like, I would love a show just with him. And there's so much backstory there that they could do it. Um, But beyond that, I think that they should move to a different time frame of the Star Wars universe. So something like the High Republic, which, as I understand it, is like hundreds of years before the Skywalker saga that we all know about. Um, I think the TV is working out really well for Star Wars. Uh, you know, there was, you know, the movies are really big and really epic, and they kind of tell this, you know, what we've seen so far is mostly the Skywalker saga with a couple things. You know, we had Solo that didn't do so well, you know, financially in the theaters, but, you know, there's, there is a following there. I still think one of the best Star Wars movies ever, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get angry emails from people about this. Uh-oh. Uh, I loved uh, Rogue <laughs> One. Oh, no. I thought no, hands Rogue down. One... Fantastic. Was the best Star Wars movie because, first of all, I love space battles. And spoiler alert, uh, skip to the next question uh, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Rogue One if you haven't seen it. Uh, I love that they took the ship and they like rammed it into a Star Destroyer. Then it like, I don't know. I I was like, yes, this is what I'm here for. Uh, so I loved that. I also love the fact that these were characters that we knew weren't going to go anywhere, so they could kill them. And they did kill them, a lot of them. And so oh, I, didn't I liked like the f- it. Oh. Well, oh. see, I, I liked it because <laughs> you, whenever you watch a movie and there's a hero, you're pretty certain that the hero's going to survive. And in this one, the heroes didn't survive. None and of I them. Thought that yeah. That was, yeah. And I thought that was great. Although I will say the person I was most upset about that died was what's the droid's name? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> K2SO. Yeah. Something, yeah. yeah. K2SO. Yeah. K2 was amazing. I loved his sarcasm and just, I don't know. I would, I, in fact, you, Ace, you're talking about Rex. I want a backstory and everything about K2SO. I think that'd be amazing. Anyway, that wraps up our first question. <laughs> now we go to Lori for their question. 
All right. Well, this one was this hard. I have a hard time picking up questions for things like this, but I was like, well, okay, what do I have an answer for? It's kind of how I went about this. So I want to know, have any of you guys ever been surprised by someone with a trip to Disney or Disney World or surprised anybody? And kind of how did it happen? So I think that, uh, Eric, how about we see? start with you and see what uh, you have to say about that? I've never been surprised with a trip, although maybe maybe it was surprising when I was a kid. I don't have clear memories of that. Uh, I do recall one time that my wife and I were at uh, we're, we're at uh, the Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and we we had to FaceTime my nieces and say, "Hey, we're in Disney World again." And they went, "Oh, oh, we're so jealous. Oh yeah." Do you want to join us in a few months? And they lost their minds. It was great. It was it was so fun to say, "Hey, uh, we're here now, and in X number of months, you can also be here." And it it was a great like effort of coordination between my myself and my sister. It was a lot of fun, uh, and um, I really. Um, it, yeah, it was it was great having that moment to share that with my my nieces and say, "Hey, we're here now. You can join us. This is a lot of fun." How about you, Ace? Have you done anything like this in the past? Yeah, we you know raising the kids there, we you know as often as we could go, surprised them a couple of times. But my my favorite time was when we just had the one child, uh, my daughter Cassie. Uh, it's back in like 1993. She was roughly two years old. She would watch, you know, videos all day long. And that's how we were able to get a break was to put a Barney video or a Disney video on the, in the VCR and she'd watch. <laughs> so her favorite video to watch was a live action sing-along video um, called uh, Disneyland Fun. Um, you can still find it on YouTube. I actually played it for her the other day because we were going to the park. Um, she's 30 now. She still likes it. Um, <laughs> So uh, anyhow, so we we had her watching the video and we were just kind of getting packed up and ready to go. And when the video was over, you know, she got done and and I said, hey, Cassie, um, you want to go there? And she looked at me like, what? And I said, yeah, we, we can go there. We can go see Mickey Mouse. And her eyes just got really big. <laughs> and so we packed her in the car and we drove to Disneyland. And, you know, just the, the first scene coming into the park with the floral Mickey Mouse and the train and whatnot. And it was all the things that she was watching in this video, literally two to three times a day. Um, and she just got ecstatic and overwhelmed. And to this day, out of the three kids, she's still the one that's, you know, the most into going to Disney, currently has passes. Um, and uh, I only had one problem with it. And that was after we took her to see Mickey Mouse and go to Disneyland, then she wanted to go to Sesame Street and she wanted to go see Barney. <laughs> wanted to go. Yeah. So that we had to explain, well, we can't go to those places, but we can go to Disneyland. Yeah. Not all yeah. of the TV friends are, are existing <laughs> exactly. in the real world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that was, that was my time. So how about you, Tag? This one was tough because 
I was trying to think, like, literally the question, have I ever surprised anyone or been surprised by anyone with a trip? I think probably when the very first trip or maybe the second trip I went to Disneyland, my mom might have surprised me with it. Uh, but I'm not really I'm not really sure. I don't really remember. Uh, I will say by by happenstance, we the very first year that James and I decided to do exchange students, we had an exchange student from Poland who was coming in. Uh, the last week of August or the week before the last week of August, something like that. And it just so happened that James had left his current job and was starting his new job at a school. And he could not, we had bought tickets uh, for D23 and for five, five days in the park in 2019. And he could not go to that week. So we called Katzper, was is our Polish exchange student. And I said, so here's the thing. You come in on like the 21st or something of August. Uh, we have this D23 trip and this Disneyland trip that we had booked all this stuff for James, but he's not going to be able to go. Would you like to take his tickets and go to D23 and go to Disneyland? And uh, it'll be interesting because you come in and you'll be here in Wisconsin for a day and then you're going to get on another plane and you're going to go to another time zone and you're going to oh, be wow. in California for a while. <laughs> and so that's exactly what happened. He flew in. James picked him up from the airport he spent, you know, he spent the rest of that evening kind of resting and stuff. The next day he was in, he was in Wisconsin. And then the day after that, he was on a plane to California and went to California and spent one day at D23 and five days at Disneyland. Oof. And it was really magical for him. Uh, he loved it. He, he still talks about going to Disney, like he wants to go to Disneyland when he comes back to visit and all this stuff. So it was a great, great trip. And what a way to tell everybody, welcome to America, than coming to Disneyland. And I will tell you the, the best moment, Teresa still makes fun of me for this, uh, was we were on Main Street. And it was the first night we were there, and we watched the fireworks. And Casper loved the fireworks, and um, we had kind of already kind of had a good relationship because we were chatting a lot over um, FaceTime and stuff before he came here. And the fireworks ended, and he turned around and gave me this huge hug and just said thank you. And then he had to go to the restroom, and I don't know why Aww. I was really overcome <laughs> with emotion. And I turned to Teresa, who looked at me like something was wrong, and I started crying. And oh. she said, "What's wrong?" And I said. I just feel like a dad. And I and then like it was the first time she'd ever seen me cry. So like I hugged her and she was like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. You don't ever cry. <laughs> and so it was a great, great moment and it was a great, great trip and it was amazing. So Lori, it's your question. You must have a really great story. I can't wait to hear it. Well, man, I'm crying now listening to yours. <laughs> I actually have uh, one for um, Walt Disney World and one Ooh. for Disneyland. Okay. So I had gone to, yeah, 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 whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I had gone to um, Walt Disney World a couple of times prior to this and decided I was going to surprise my 12-year-old nephew with a trip. So he thought I was going down there by myself, which was the reason that I was able to bring my suitcase and have his clothes all packed in it at my sister's house because they were taking me to the airport. Um, so I sit him down there and and... I think my sister must have taken him somewhere else while I checked him in at the airlines. And uh, we're sitting there waiting for the plane to leave. And I kind of sit down next to him. I says, so I says, are you looking forward to summer camp? He goes, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. I says, well, wouldn't you rather go to Disney World with me? He goes, well, yeah, of course. I says, well, here's your ticket. Wow. <laughs> he, he about <laughs> lost it. I have oh. never seen him so excited. And he looked at his mom and his mom says, yeah, you're going, kiddo. <laughs> I went on 
Thunder Mountain with him five times in a row. I don't think I will ever do that again. That was a little too much in a row of Thunder Mountain, but uh, we we had a blast. He actually still talks about it to this day, and he's uh, late 40s now. And so, yeah, it's one of one of his favorite memories. He tells me. Um, next time we went was in 2006 or seven. Um, we lived in Arizona at the time, and my parents lived in Missouri. We told our kids that we're going to go visit Nana and, and Bampa, and we're going to drive. Yeah, that didn't go over real well at all with the kids. <laughs> um, they were not happy with us. Got in the car anyways, and uh, proceeded to pretty much go to sleep because we left like in the middle of the middle of the night or early morning um thought we had actually blown the surprise and we stopped at uh i think it was a walmart or something and everybody got out to go to the bathroom well dad and i got out to go to the bathroom and our oldest son decided he had to go too and never actually once saw the california license plates on the cars which we for sure thought he was going to see that and figure out what's going on um went back to sleep in the car we get there we're pulling up on a disney drive and our three-year-old at the time, he all of a sudden he wakes up and looks around. He goes, I know where we are. We're, <laughs> we're at Disneyland. And all the kids woke up and were like, what? So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty fun for them. We got that was the time we'd stay at the Paradise Pier Hotel. And uh, we were there, I think, for five days. So those are those are pretty fun. It was nice to actually be able to surprise them with it. Well, that's so great so. to surprise them there physically in yes. the space. That's that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that good at keeping a secret. I would have said something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. Uh, If you want to support this podcast and, and make sure that we can continue gathering these great stories about Disney, Disney park adventures, Disney movie adventures, please head on over to thehubcrawl.com slash support and and join our our Patreon group. For just $5 a month, you can get into our community access. You can get access to our Discord chat for a little bit more. You can even submit bonus questions for us. If you've listened to this podcast for a little bit, you know that we we really love our extra questions, and uh, we we can't stop talking about Disney stuff. <laughs> and uh, it it really is nice to be able to uh, ask a few extra questions, spend a little bit more time with our friends here. Um, if you want to experience more of that, please head on over to our site and offer us some support. Uh, we really depend on you. Um, offering this support and going forward. Thanks, Eric, for sending some folks over there to support us. We really do appreciate all your support if you are a supporter. Well, it's time to get back to the questions. So let's hear... Oh, geez, we're going back to Eric. Oh, no. uh, For his question. Back to me. (laughs) Which, uh, can I say about about your question here in a minute? I just want to tell some backstory. So the first version of this question, I actually had to have Eric (laughs) call me today because... I was having cognitive issues myself trying to figure out what is table service? What is quick service? What it wasn't it was like what did you say the first time? It wasn't table service. It was like quick uh, it was, sit down service. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wrong, so wrong term. Yeah. So explain us this question then, Eric, please. All right. So my initial question was what is your preference? Sit down service versus quick service versus bring your own food. What I really mean is this Walt Disney World very centric concept of 
table service dining versus quick service dining versus bring a sandwich in your backpack to the parks. Uh, this is this kind of harkens back to the days of the Disney dining plans where it, you had these various levels and you could you could select this is the the amount of times I'm going to enjoy this particular food experience. And you could get you could get a a like deluxe experience where every three meals a day were table service dining where you sat down and, and you told a server this is the thing I would like, and they would bring it out to you. That was a lot, personally, as something that that I experienced on my my honeymoon uh, fourteen years ago. Like, oh wow, this is too much food. Uh, versus the the kind of medium experiences of let's have a table service plus quick service plus snacks. Basically, what do you like to do in the parks? Do you want to sit down at a table service experience? Do you want to enjoy quick service? Do you just like snacking throughout the day or do you bring your own food? Um, Let's start this off with Ace. Okay, so I've only had the opportunity to experience the, the, the dining service at Walt Disney World one time. We ate at the Liberty something restaurant at uh, in Liberty Square. Oh, the Liberty, Liberty Square. Tree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was, you know, kind of a family style service dinner. So I mean, it was very good. Enjoyed it a lot. But when you go to the parks, especially this coast, and you go to these parks and you go to them often, um, you know, trying to pay for something, say, like Blue Bayou or something like that, gets really expensive. And then add in three kids. It's, you know, not something we can do on a regular basis. Um, and so most of the time it was finding uh, things like like uh, um, the Plaza Inn or something like that and where the kids could, could share a meal. So that's more of a quick service um, situation. These days, though, with just my wife and I, because kids are all adults now, when we go, we ride very few rides because neither one of us wants to stand in line. And and we mostly go there getting our steps in, you know, you know, do 15, 20,000 steps while we're there and we snack our way all around the park. And so, and then, and then Disney's, you know, really upped its game with food, with, with uh, these different food events that they have and things like that. And so we'll literally just um, either pick things on the fly or have it planned out where we're going to, you know, try this item here, try that item there. And we'll literally just get one and share it. And, and then move on and in between shows and just walking around the park and people watching and stuff like that, we'll just eat our way around the park um, and hopefully burn off some of the calories. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, snacking our way is the, is the way we go. All right. So tag, what do you think? So this one, I agree with you, Ace, that the Disney, especially Disneyland has really been upping their game culinary wise. Cause for a while there, I mean, I think everybody, Eric, you would probably definitely agree with this Disney world had amazing food and Disneyland was just kind of, yeah. you know, they had food. <laughs> right. But I will say that generally I feel like when I've gone to the parks recently, the only time I do table service dining is if I'm doing something like a dining package or some type of special thing. So like we have done Blue Bayou for fa- the Fantasmic dining package, which is not as great of a deal as it used to be. They just announced that it came back. It's $89 a person before I want to say it was like 59 or something oh, like yeah. that. Which was the price of a meal at the Blue Bayou originally. So I was like, oh, well, why would you not get the dining package? Because then you get the great seating for Fantasmic. And when we were doing it, we got a seat cushion thing with it, too. I don't know what they're doing now with all of that. Uh, But it's $89 a person. So it's not 
you're paying a little extra, so whatever. Uh, but I think for most stuff, if I'm going to go to uh, a place, I do like the quick service stuff. So I like Jolly Holiday a lot. Uh, I don't know if you'd count Bagel Barbecue as quick service. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I like Bagel Barbecue, the uh, Tropical Hideaway, uh, Plaza Inn, uh, the anything in New Orleans Square, basically, Harbor Galley. Uh, if you go over to DCA, like a ton of stuff over there is just uh, quick service or just, you know, yeah, that whole Pacific stuff. Wharf area, that's all yeah, quick service. Yeah, exactly. And so I want to say that's probably what I generally do. Um, you also left out a very important category, which is, I guess, outdoor vending, because I think that's what Ace maybe would pop into, is, <laughs> you know, eggs. Ma- Maurice's uh, treats cart in, in the Princess Fantasy Fair. There's the corn dog cart on Main Street. There's you know, all of those different things. There's the popcorn carts and the hundreds of thousands of churro carts, it feels like. So that's another thing. But uh, you're right. Like, nobody's going to really do a... I guess a turkey leg could be like a meal or a chimichanga if you're doing like a breakfast or a lunch or something. Uh, but I don't feel like people... I don't know. Harbor Harbor Galley, is that... That would be like a quick service, right? Like you go up and order quick something. Quick service, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Royal Street Veranda. Okay. I just... Disney has these names for things, and for some reason, my brain just gets haywire with them. So, uh, Lori, what's your, what's your preferred dining experience? Well, it's kind of a lot of what you guys have talked about. Um, I'm not going to say I, I like table service. I love Carthay. It's one of my favorite places, but you can't do Carthay every single trip Mm -mm. it would be way too expensive so that's kind of just our special specialty type things or we go for something special when it was just troy and i we made sure we got to eat there once because it was just us um we would probably like to do a table service every day but i don't know that we would even do that once a day anymore most of it's going to be like you guys said the quick service um riverbell terrace is i think the still the buffet um where you can go and you can pick your foods out so you're not it's kind of table but it's not because you're inside same thing with French Market, but it's like they're all more quick service than someone actually coming and getting your order. Um, so we like those kind of places mostly. Um, ben will go barbecue, of course. You have to at least have that once a day, maybe twice, depending on how you're feeling. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely a lot of times we just use the mobile order. It's a lot easier to be able to do that and kind of help plan your day out a little bit to try to find a little out of the way places to sit and enjoy your meals. I think the Pelican's Landing, that's it. That's one of my favorite places to to sit and eat and enjoy enjoy your meals. You know, so we'll grab something from Harbor Galley or someplace else and send somebody else to find a chair and <laughs> we bring the food. <laughs> so that's kind of it's a it's a mainly kind of, you know, a bunch of different things that you decide you want to do, nothing particular in one time at all. So Eric. How about give us some of that Walt Disney World ideas? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the main difference. And I realize asking this question to a few people who are mostly acquainted with Disneyland, it, it's a little bit different. And a lot of this stems from experiences with the dining plans that they used to have at Walt Disney World that they don't have now, but they're probably going to bring back soon. Most likely, I tend to plan my day around one table service meal every trip and every single day. While some people might say, hey, let's go to this park and we're going to do these rides. uh, I, I say, let's go to this park and this is the meal I want to have at midday or evening. And that's how I plan my trip. I mean, that's a, a big difference for a lot of people who are more Disneyland centric. 
even at Disneyland, like you mentioned, going to Carthay is great. And you can't always do that. You can't always do Blue Bayou. Uh, It's nice to plan around that sort of thing. So I try to do that on either coast. Um, I have been enjoying more quick service meals because they've gotten better than Alien Pizza Planet, where they have like a weird <laughs> pasta dish. Here's a uh, here's a piece of cake that has a a chocolate medallion that has Chewbacca uh, <laughs> like screened onto it. Like they've been getting better at a lot of the quick service places in Disneyland and Disney World, and that has made a huge difference where you don't necessarily have to do that. In the last trip that I I was on in in Walt Disney World, literally last week, we replaced a lot of our our dining reservations because of various reasons with eating outside. Let's eat outside. Let's stay away from people. Let's find something that's good. There are plenty of good things out there at a lot of the... um, quick service locations on both coasts. And I, I really, I, I really appreciate that, that like Disney has done a great job of that in recent times. I also think it's important to note that, especially with the pricing of parks and stuff now, especially if you're not a key holder or an annual pass holder, that the, it's in the word quick service. You want to get your most out of your day. You don't want to spend mm-hmm. an hour and a half sitting in, uh, you know, blue Bayou or Carthay when there's so many other things to do in the park that you got to try to get to. So I think Ace's way of just kind of eating around and, and doing quick stuff or uh, even Lori with, you know, mobile ordering some Bengal barbecue is good. Cause it's just like, okay, we got to get to the next thing. Let's go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mobile order has been a huge game changer across the board in, on both coasts. Can I ask you, Eric, since Definitely. I don't know, how is the mobile ordering experience at Disney World? It's it's similar. They've expanded a lot. There are some restaurants that are almost exclusively mobile order. Uh, when we were at Disney's Riviera Resort, their main resort dining, uh, it, it was entirely mobile order. You went downstairs and there were a bunch of people just basically waiting around to hand you a bag full of food. Um, it was very different from before. How's the how like in the parks and stuff when you go to place an order somewhere are the wait time like are the return times really far out cuz that's what I we were running into at Disneyland was oh I want some bagel barbecue we're right here oh the next window's an hour from now No and that's a really good point because I don't know I don't know if it, if it's a capacity thing or if it's a reluctance to adopt this this new mentality I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of places in the Walt Disney World parks where it hasn't really caught on the same way. Where a lot of people are not locals, they don't understand things. They don't. This is all very new to people, and it, it's kind of hard to like get behind. Uh, where I never really had to wait a long period of time, unlike Disneyland, where I've experienced that. Yeah. You go, oh, well, I can get a Ronto wrap in an hour. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll order it for an hour from now. Can we just head toward Galaxy's Edge in a little while so I can maybe pick that up? Very different at Walt Disney World. It was almost always now to an hour and a half from now. That was the time period. That'd be nice because when you're craving something, you want it now, not an hour or an hour and a half from now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times with those items, too, that's there. They're not something that takes a long time to prepare. You know, you're getting a coffee and a donut or a coffee and a cookie or something like that. It, it shouldn't take a, you know, an hour and a half to get that. 
Right. And I don't, I don't mean to derail us here, but one thing that frustrated me, we ordered, uh, not this last trip, but I think the trip before, I mobile ordered at Pim Test Kitchen. If anybody's ever been to Pim Test Kitchen, especially in the morning, this was in the morning, we went in and their entire, they have a giant counter where they're handing you food. The, there's two racks of like warming areas and they were full of all the different mm-hmm. items they offer. And people were waiting for what felt like forever for food. And I'm just thinking, all of it's right there. How hard is it to turn around, grab one of these, grab one of those, grab one of this, hand them the tray, they move on, you pull pull the next person. Uh, I will say, when I got called, my number got called and I went up there, the cast member that was helping me looked at the ticket, less than casually walked over to get it, like... (laughs) I'm getting paid by the hour, not by how many people I help. So I'm just going to mosey over here and grab something and then come back with the one item and then look at the next item and mosey back to the warming area and grabbing something and then coming back and then looking at the third thing and moseying over. I was like, you could have grabbed like three things when you were over there. But I wonder you, how long I he ended up working. <laughs> I don't know, but it was... <laughs> It was very frustrating because I was like, there's all this food there. It should be. And, and the people in the kitchen, they were like flying. Like they were right. making all time. Ta- I don't know. It was just very frustrating. They've, we can they've got on. to reopen Flows. <laughs> uh, flows for breakfast. Oh, my God. My that's favorite my favorite breakfast. place. Yes. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yep. I was very disappointed on one of our trips when they did not have Flows for breakfast anymore. See, I've never we had Flows for that. breakfast. Oh, it's great. Hopefully oh, yeah. they'll open it up again soon. You know what I miss? <laughs> I miss Riverbell Terrace for breakfast. That was potatoes, oh. man. <laughs> no, not only Better the potatoes, but I loved I loved watching them make the Mickey pancakes with their. Yeah. Oh, okay. That uh, was our favorite place to eat with the kids. Rancho, when Rancho del Zocolo did breakfast. <gasps> Dang yeah, oh, there's a lot of chiles. Forgot all these places they used to have. <laughs> yeah, because they because they moved the breakfast. From from Riverbell to Rancho, and then right. from Rancho to Red Rose Tavern. Red Rose Tavern's not great. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I would rather Rancho. go over to the Galactic Grill. Yeah, I think yeah, because I've done the 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 French toast sticks or whatever there. Well, they but. have that breakfast burrito there too, which is really good. Well, have you ever had the breakfast Ronto wrap? Really good. No, I have not. That is my. I was told this breakfast shawarma was pretty good too. Oh. I haven't tried that one yet either. I haven't tried that, but. The breakfast Ronto wrap is my go-to breakfast right now in the park. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, they have a. I'm not like usually. I'm really iffy with eggs because I don't like my like. I want my eggs dry, basically. <laughs> not run. Yeah, and, me too. And and <laughs> they're great. <laughs> and they put like a really awesome sauce on it. And oh, oh, love it for breakfast. Anyway, Eric, can we move on to the next question? We'll <laughs> sit right. here forever talking about food. All right, let's move on from food. Ace, what is your what is your question okay. that's going to route us out tonight? <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought about this a lot, and then I and I couldn't come up with something right away, and I ended up using Lori's method. I thought about something I had an answer for, and then re-engineered it back to the, to the question, and uh, and, and it's uh, Eric's favorite question, uh, which of course is, "What is your favorite nighttime spectacular, and why is it phantasmic?" Come on, Ace. Come on. <laughs> Poor so, Eric. Uh, <clears throat> oh well. Alrighty, so uh, go ahead, take. Let's see what you think here. Okay, so I'm really excited because there's at least one of us who has not seen Fantasmic, so their answer will not <laughs> be Fantasmic, which will be wonderful. Uh, but I will say, obviously, Fantasmic because uh, world for me, World of Color is nice. 
The thing that I think World of Color is missing that I really enjoy about Fantasmic, well, first of all, is there's a lot of live, live characters and stuff in Fantasmic. Um, there is a lot of um, pyrotechnics in Fantasmic, and I like both of those things, and World of Color just doesn't have that. But the biggest miss for me on World of Color versus Fantasmic is World of Color, for me, does not have a cohesive storyline. It's kind of like... Here's a clip from this movie. Here's a clip from this movie. Here's a like we're kind of going for like a feeling in mm-hmm. each segment, but they don't really connect or tell a story. It's kind of like here's all of these segments, and it just kind of rounds out. You uh, will I cry, do... but <laughs> well, yes, uh, I will tell you though that the pirate segment and the finale, I love. Oh, I also love when they when they do the the windmill with Heimlich and it's uh, drip drip drop little April showers and it's very dramatic love that about world of color but fantastic one other thing i really love about fantastic is the fact and disney world doesn't have this when you come into new orleans square during the day you would have no idea that anything took place there and then bing bang boom at night there's light towers and there's there's control things that come out of areas. They they have, you know, the, the, the island transforms. During the show, they set the river on fire, for God's sakes. Just, it's just every, like, you wouldn't expect any of it during the day. And then when you see it at night, it's just, where did all of this come from? It is, it is the epitome of Disney magic. And that's what I like about Fantasmic. So, Lori, what do you like about Fantasmic? Apparently? <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, well, of course it's Fantasmic. There is no other nighttime spectacular in, in my mind. Um, my boys don't agree with me. Um, I told my uh, Nick, the youngest, uh, what my answer was. He goes, are you kidding me, Mom? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it's of course it's Fantasmic. Um, part of it, I think, is because we took our oldest there when he was about a year old in 94. We camped out right in front of the um, railing so he could get a perfect view of it. Got a little wet during the show, but hey, you know, that doesn't matter. And just seeing his his face, the look of awe in his face as he saw all of these characters, all these lights, all of these things going on. Uh, it's just absolutely priceless. You can't, you can't put anything on seeing Disney through the eyes of your kid, especially not when they're seeing Fantasmic for the first time. Like I said, that's probably one of the reasons. I love the Peter Pan float. I was disappointed when they brought in pirates yes it's nice but there's just something about peter pan that's brooklyn's absolute favorite thing as well and and that's her must see every time in fact she's we're looking forward to seeing it again in september when we go it'll be um her husband at the time now instead of fiance um it'll be his first time seeing fantastic so she's real excited to be able to show him him that but just a lot of things that that tags that about about fantastic is is right dead on too. World of Color definitely has its place. It's a beautiful show, but it just doesn't quite hit the feels like Fantastic does. Uh, Lori, I also want to say I totally agree with you on the Peter Pan thing. Um, I don't know if you've noticed though. Anybody who's seen Fantasmic, the the original, I guess I'll call it version, yeah. and the one that they've added scenes and stuff to, is it's the same choreography. Oh, yeah. Just different characters. Just different characters. Literally, there are people jumping around and doing everything exactly like it was in Peter Pan. So I was hoping with when they had reopened it that they would revert at least that section. I also will say yeah, I have a criticism. Too. I am so used to the original Fantasmic and I know it by heart that the 
the 2017 version or whatever throws me off because I'm so ingrained remembering the original show. Uh-huh. And so things in the beginning, like when Mickey Mouse is making um, what I consider sort of inappropriate noises, because it's like, oh, ah. And I'm like, I don't need Mickey Mouse having these noises. He can just be there like he was before. Anyway, I'm sorry. I will get off my soapbox now. <laughs> I'm very passionate about Fantasmic. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. What's not to be passionate about? Okay, Eric, I kind of think that your answer is not going to be Fantasmic on this one, but uh, what do you have Actually, to say? <laughs> I kind of hope it is Fantasmic because I'd love to see how he thinks it's the best Night Spe- Time Spectacular since he's never seen it. I've seen <laughs> portions of it from various cues around yeah, in person? the area. In person. I'm like, wow, okay. they got a bunch of people on that pirate ship. Let's get on Big Thunder Mountain now. Um, yeah. Shame on you. Shame on you. Well, congratulations. We've we've brought this up for another episode. And Eric has never seen this show. And we're going to rename the show to Eric has never seen Phantasma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get more. We'll get more listeners that way. They'll go. What? What's wrong with this show? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, just my, the show. <laughs> my, my my co-hosts on uh, my other podcast, The Supreme Resort, have been scheming to like trick me into seeing Phantasmic when we go in August. I I don't I, I don't know I've I've seen chunks of it. I like the idea behind it. It's fine. I'm not a nighttime spectacular sort of person. Um, my my favorite overall is the electric water pageant, which is not a spectacular. It's in the name. It's a pageant. Um, it's at Walt Disney World, and it's a uh, it's a few floats that move along quietly. And they play a little bit of music, and you go, "Wow, how quaint!" I can't believe they still do that. I love that. I absolutely you do that, but the fact that light rigs come out of the ground, a dragon comes up and sets the river on fire, <laughs> well, and that that doesn't do it for you. I've never seen that. <laughs> See, you have little floats that kind of go by in Fantasmic too, with That's songs true. and dancing. So you know, if you like that, you sh- you should well, love Fantasmic. Uh, there we go. I imagine <laughs> I would like Fantasmic if I actually wanted to sit down and wait for an hour and a half to watch it. I've done dining packages. We'll. we'll at some point I'll sit down and watch it and I'll go, wow, objectively, this is great. My favorite nighttime spectacular was the spectro magic parade at Walt Disney world. I have a very clear memory of this. It's the, the successor to the main street electrical parade where they, they stepped it up a little bit. They added this waltz sort of feature to the music. It was, it, it's amazing. If you listen to the music, I really love the music. And I have a very clear memory as a teenager, I think, uh, where the seven dwarves came by and the first one came by and shook my hand. And then each one after that said, shake that guy's hand. And it was this whole thing where I shook the hands of every one of the seven dwarfs. And it was this amazing experience where by the end, like I'm laughing, my sisters were laughing, my parents were laughing. It was this funny thing where I'm this jaded teenager like, why are we waiting to watch a parade? Why why are we standing along Main Street at the Magic Kingdom when we could be on like Space Mountain for another like four times? But this memory (laughs) of that parade, which is so well done, 
and so interesting and such a great upgrade over the Main Street Electrical Parade. I'll say it. Yes, it's it's a step above. And then to have that personal experience of a bunch of dwarfs coming by and shaking my hand and making it personal and making me feel like, oh, this is so much fun. Um, that forever is the best spectacular in my mind, even though it's a parade. I, I don't I don't care. Um, it can be spectacular. It's fine. There we go. It was it was a <laughs> spectacular parade. Um, that was my favorite. Uh, yeah, I, I'll stand by that. It really great memory in my mind, and I'll love it forever. Um, Ace, you asked this this terrible question. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say, Eric, just to put it out there on the podcast. It's just fun to to poke fun of you about it. Like I know I <laughs> oh, know I love it. that I you'll love it. see it at some point, but I tell you listening to you explain all of that, I was I was you couldn't hear me on the mic cuz I had to move away, but I was <laughs> falling out of my chair laughing at all of that. So But I'm let's glad we can all share in this experience. We've been waiting with bated breath to find out what nighttime spectacular Ace likes. So we should wow. probably let him answer. Huh. We have to think about that. <laughs> Obviously, fantastic. 1992 was the first time that I worked at the parks. So when it opened, I, I were, I were, you know, I got to watch that spectacular twice a night, sometimes three times a night. And when you, and maybe, maybe it's coming from from that point of the view. I don't know that that maybe it's something that I can watch over and over again. And the parade, yeah, I'll, I'll you know. I've seen the electrical parade once since it came back. I don't need to go see it again. I can be <laughs> off doing other things. But Fantasmic, I will watch over and over. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with it. It had all of the, the elements. It's It's got an element of parade in it, the floats going by. It's got um, the, the pyrotechnics in it. It's got fire. It's got animation. It's got live people. I mean, talk about, you know, you know, why does it cost so much to go? How many actors are in that show that you have to pay for to do it two or three times a night? The sound system is like being in a rock concert and it completely surrounds you. It just had all of the elements and no place, especially at that time, had anything like it. I did go see the one in Florida. It's not the same. I was underwhelmed for sure. So hopefully you'll get a chance to to see it um, at some point and, and, maybe with the dining package or something. So you do get the best view and you can take all of that in at one time, but you can even see different things from different angles of it too, because we used to go, especially with the kids, we would go stand over by Thunder Mount and you could watch the actors climb aboard the the ship and you could watch them climb aboard the Mark Twain. You could see how they were getting ready see some behind the scenes things there. Uh, They've got it boarded up. You don't see it as much of it as you, as you did originally, but you still can. And um, so anyhow, so it's been a lot of fun. And, and and maybe that's another part of it is seeing those different items, you know, from different parts of the park. So that's why it's my favorite. I do want to say, Eric, if they do get you to watch it in August, I, I do. I do feel sad that I won't be there. I feel like I would really like to be there when you first saw it, because I feel <laughs> like my excitement and then and then you finally getting able to see the whole thing. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be. It'd be magical, but uh, uh, maybe maybe I'll save it for the the next time we're both in the parks together. There you I go. I know your history with with Fantasmic. We've talked about this a fair amount. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll yeah, get the not? Blue Bayou dining package. 
will show up like half an hour before the show, so it's not going to kill too much of your time. We'll watch it. And then, you know, we'll hang out to watch it again, the second performance, because you'll be like, that was so amazing. I can't believe that I went on Big Thunder six times instead of watching this. I also went on Pirates during during the show. Okay, well, you got part of the show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In in fact, Pirates probably was better than the Pirates segment of the show. Like, no, no, it's still happening. Run, Pirates. Get on Pirates now. 15 yeah. minutes from now, the show will be over and everybody yeah. will be out of here. Let's go. That does it for another episode of <laughs> Get Rib Eric about not seeing Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, the hub crawl. We'd like to thank our guest, Ace. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And Lori, too. Thank you. It's been fun. Well, join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. If you are a Patreon supporter, uh, stay tuned because there is a bonus question after this. All right. Thanks, everybody. It's a good question. Looking forward to it.